I discovered that there was such a thing as arts administration and that was it. I was like, I didn't want to be the person on stage ever. I wanted to be the one who got people there. So arts administration was for me. Welcome to Arts Engines. I'm your host, Aaron Dworkin. And with us, we have as today's guest, Teresa Eyring, who is Executive Director of Theater Communications Group, otherwise known in the field as TCG. Welcome, Teresa. Hi, Aaron. It's so wonderful to have you here. Uh, and I thought I'd kind of dive in, you know, uh, a lot of our viewers may not fully understand kind of the scope of TCG's work. Um, mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could kind of share what is the, the scope and breadth of of what is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, really the service organization for theater in the country, but what does that mean? Ah. <laughs> well, it, it means a lot, I'll tell you. Uh, TCG was founded in 1961, and that was when, just historically, theater was in, in the US was mostly focused in New York and was entirely commercial. Not all Broadway, but even off-Broadway at the time didn't have a not-for-profit model that it operated with. So TCG was founded when a number of artists decided that they wanted to open theaters outside of New York, resident theater companies and communities across the country. And in fact, at that time already, there were a few major ones outside of New York, um, but more and more artists were wanting to move in that direction really take set down roots um, again as I mentioned across the country work with artists in local communities and build audiences in local communities and after a while there were maybe 12 13 theaters and they realized that they needed some kind of an association to keep them in communication with each other and the Ford Foundation came forward and put up some money in the beginning so that they could establish TCG and from that point on, I would say for the first couple of decades, TCG was mostly focused on fulfilling needs around professional development, uh, really facilitated peer-to-peer -peer learning. But TCG also, uh, you may know Danny Newman, who founded the idea of subscription. Uh, TCG made it possible for Danny to go around the country and teach theaters how to set up subscription plans, uh, which really catapulted the theater into a whole new realm because what subscription did is it made it possible for theaters to take some risks on new work. Um, it really made, it, it, it engendered a sense of loyalty within audiences. So in the early days, that's what TCG was about. And we still do that. We, we say we were a social network before social networking even existed. Um, we still bring people together uh, we still, we do conferences, we do webinars, um, we do quite a bit of research on the fiscal health of the field, as well as education programs and, and, and other aspects of the field. But over time, we've evolved to also include publishing. We're the largest independent trade publisher of dramatic literature in North America, and that includes publishing plays, primarily, but we also publish American Theater Magazine and Art Search. Uh, additionally, we have a, a whole um, division within our organization that focuses on grant making and 
professional development of grantees. And finally, I should say last but not only, also very committed to advocacy and spend quite a bit of time working in Washington with our collaborators in the Performing Arts Alliance to advocate for strong and positive arts policies, um, which is always important, but especially now. Right, right. So from this perch that you have, you know, kind of really viewing the field in its entirety, what would you say, and, and separate from the pandemic, which I want to get to in just a minute, but, but separate from the pandemic, what do you feel kind of is the biggest challenge facing theater or presented for theaters today? The biggest challenges that we've been discussing are, uh, one has to do with the need for our theater field to work towards being much more equitable than it has been in the past, to really recognize the structural racism that has existed over the decades, to recognize that as a theater ecology that is fairly evolved, uh, we have enormous positives and positive impact within our communities, but the system has also replicated some of the, uh, some of the weaknesses that exist in the larger system of our nation and that exist in, in other sectors as well. So one of the challenges we've been working on at TCG and that our field has been working on is just how do we become more equitable? How do we recognize that there are certain marginalized and underrepresented groups within our theater community um, who need to be lifted up, who need to be given and brought into access to more resources um, to be able to get their work done. We need to look at how some of our largest institutions and their leadership have historically been predominantly white and that we want to see more people of color, women, women of color, uh, people again, um, from communities that have historically been marginalized, having access to positions um, of power within our field. Um, so that's a challenge. And as I mentioned, we've recognized it and have been working uh, for a number of years on how we, how we make change in that, in that realm. Another challenge is just how do we support the artistry and how do we think about the model for, for actually not only creating theater in the nonprofit context, but also really sustaining it over time? You know, funding is, is a big issue. And so we do look to what are some of the alternative models? Um, that's, that's very important to the field right now. Right. So with the equity piece, just to dive into that a little more there, you know, not just in theater, but there's certainly, you know, our you know, viewers of ours who, who might be leading or involved in a, in a theater or who might be in dance or music who realize or recognize that their ensemble, their institution really has not, you know, addressed this, this very important challenge or aspect, but they're like, how do we start? What, what should we do first? What would be your recommendation for a theater or other organizations if they want to get started to really try and have an impact in the equity space? What's important is to recognize, to, to look at the structure of your own organization and make sure that there is a commitment 
that exists at all levels. So for example, if you have a board, which nonprofit organizations do, um, and you have an executive leadership level of the organization, and you also have a staff, a team, is to make sure that the board, the leadership, and the staff are all committed to focusing on equity and to recognizing where they are um, and making a plan to become more equitable. And when I say making a plan to become more equitable, I know in the case of TCG, we literally made equity a, a strategic priority within our, our plan uh, back in 2011. It had been part of TCG's DNA and interest for years before that, but we said at a point, we have to prioritize this at the strategic plan level, and we need our board sign off, we need our, our leadership, our staff, um, we need to make a plan that we that we that we really commit resources to. I mean, that's one thing too is that you it's it's important to put money behind it um, so that you can if you need to hire a consultant who can help the the team do an assessment, an internal assessment, for example, that you have those funds. Um, we commit funds to staff development and training. Um, making sure that there's always an equity lens to all of our activities, whether it's our programming, our grant making, our publishing. Um, but if it, for any organization that's just starting out, and I have to say that in, you know, across the disciplines in the performing arts field, there's been a high level of commitment and the Performing Arts Alliance, which again is a multidisciplinary uh, coalition, is focusing on, on equity, diversity, and inclusion as well. So there's a high level of consciousness. It's just making sure that there's organization-wide commitment, that it is um, committed to both financially and in terms of the organization's overall strategy, and that it's consistent over time. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, you you have had your role at TCG, but before that, you know, uh, decades, you know, in theaters, leading theaters, you live a life in the theater. Where, where did that passion come from? Clearly, this is your life's passion. How did that spark come about for you? Where is that passion from? Well, I'll tell you, uh, it started at a young age. Um, my parents were passionate about the arts and they thought it was important for their kids to have access uh, to all, all art forms. We went to museums, we went to concerts, um, we went, I had a trip to New York when I was 10 years old, <laughs> which was so exciting, um, where we actually attended two Broadway shows. Um, so I really, um, I had exposure early on. I think that's important for young people to recognize that arts and creativity are an important part of life and that, uh, that, that, that they can participate. So that's what I had. And then I just continued through um, high school. I was really more interested in visual arts for a period of time. And then eventually I discovered that there was such a thing as arts administration and that was it. I was like, I didn't want to be the person on stage ever. I wanted to be the one who got people there. So arts administration was for me. Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So one of the questions I like to ask of all my guests is kind of my three things question. 
Are there three things, could be three words or three concepts or just three drivers that you think anyone really in theater, whether they might be looking to be on stage or to follow in your footsteps and to really be the architect behind the scenes, um, uh, are there three things that you would say, you know, this should be in your mind or this should be part of your philosophy or your ethos as you try to achieve your goals? The three things I think about are, and I would say one of them has to do more with a practice and it's around accountability. And that is when you know what your goals are, as you reflect on and, and, and identify goals, I think it's so important to literally, this is very practical, but just the idea of documenting for yourself. So writing it down, um, and then communicating, communicating with others what your vision is and what you're trying to accomplish. So that's, I would say, document vision. Um, I would say a second really important piece is just relationships. Relationships are so important in life in general, but I always tell uh, interns who work with us at TCG, that they should pay attention to the relationships they're making over time and don't lose them. Don't lose them. Just stay in touch with the people who inspire you and who know things that you don't know or have resources you don't have. Um, stay in touch. That's, it's just um, crucially important. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I would say just trust in the universe <laughs> um, to support you along the way. Um, I think this is important also incredibly important in creative professions to just be aware that it's it's not easy it's not easy to be in the arts um, and knowing that that if you're clear on your vision and your goals and you're maintaining relationships um, that the universe may bring you things that you weren't expecting awesome awesome so we're, we're almost out of time, but wanted to kind of get your sense of, again, looking at the field, what does the future bring? You know, as we think about the impact from the pandemic, as you look at some of the changes that are going on, once, if you will, things are, you know, back to whatever new normal we arrive at, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, where do you see theater? Are there any key trends, things that you think will be substantially different or evolve? come five or 10 years down the road? Yes, well, I think this has been an extraordinary moment of disruption for all of our communities, but for, and for, for all, all industries, but for theater and, and any art form or industry that requires bringing people together, um, the fact that we've had to stop and have such uncertainty about what's to come next uh, when will we reopen? Will we be able to reopen within six months, a year? I think what it's urging is to take advantage of the moment to think about a number of things. How is the art created? Um, is there a space where there's both live performance, but really well-defined and executed uh, online and virtual opportunities where theater is actually made for the virtual space? Um, there are questions. We have a saying at TCG, which is a better world for theater and a better world because of theater. So as theater reemerges and finds its new normal, if you will, 
um, and hopefully that will be a revitalized and exciting new normal, uh, how do we help with the rebuilding? How are we part of the rebuilding of our communities and our society? So a better world for theater, a better world because of theater. Um, I think theater is, is, is vital in, in life, in our communities. So I know that it will grow and continue to be central. But I think we also have this opportunity right now to, to really look at some of the assumptions that we've had about how theater is made, where it takes place, who's involved, how it interacts with its communities, who are some of the partners in other sectors that we might want to work with. Um, so I see that um, in the next five, 10 years, we're going to see the brilliant results of that interrogation. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And Teresa Eyring, you are truly one of the arts engines that are powering human creativity in our world. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Aaron.